Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, March 15, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first thing we're going to do is obviously take a look at the trend line. What's jumping off the chart at us? Well, it's our same trend line. Where did she close today? Pretty much right on the trend line, within pennies. One, two, four, five pennies. What difference does it make? They're on the trend line. Also, what is this line running down the screen at 383.95? That, in and of itself, is a story. We'll get to that later. Low of day was a few pennies below that. Again, We'll get to that later. There is a story there. There is a bona fide trade type that I do promote to my traders that happened as a result of today and that number and a bunch of other stuff we'll talk about later. Let's go back to the daily chart and let's assess the situation. Where are they now? Again, whether you're looking at a head and shoulders pattern, a Fibonacci retracement, an RSI, a Mickey D's, a Lupinacci vector. I don't care what indicator you're using. I don't care what system or method you're using. I think we can safely say after all this time, after all this stuff over here with the trend line, over here with the trend line, and even from an intraday perspective, look how they treat the trend line. Once they find support, and we'll get to this later, they run up And do what? Get rejected back at the trend line until the last few minutes of the day, and I do mean the last few minutes of the day, mysteriously, they run up to close right on top of the trend line. Who thinks there are accidents or coincidences in the market? Raise your hand. Don't raise your hand because there are none. Above the trend line, they're bullish. Below the trend line, they're not. They open below the trend line tomorrow. Inside the number, members will have the downside numbers where the trades are. If they open above the trend line, they're going to be pushing higher to some numbers that will be provided for inside the number and live room members. From a big picture perspective, 391 to 392, 391 and a half to 392 is overhead resistance. Might want to write that down. Again, that's a broad stroke looking at a daily chart from a morning trade perspective. There will be other numbers in there, higher and lower. As we creep into the end of the week, I'm going to be watching the weekly chart. Where do they close the week? That's certainly much more important than where they close each and every day during the week. Look at the volume over the last several days. We have institutional participation. That's why volatility picked up. Markets up, markets down, it's all over the place. We're in a rodeo formation. Is this volume on this low day, on the 13th, telling us reversal volume? Well, no, because you're in the midst of other volume days that are about the same. Even the one before had more volume. So this isn't anything like a spike, reversal, high volume, all that stuff, capitulation type of situation. If they get above the trend line, it's safe to assume they will once again try and recapture those moving averages, the 200 and the 100 period moving average coming in at 393 
to 394 and a quarter in that neighborhood. That's another place above that is magnetic and will draw price in once they get in the ballpark. Remember, the trend is your friend till you find your shit on the front lawn. She's below all the moving averages, therefore the trend is certainly down, but we have something close by that's a better benchmark for us. It is our trend line. Let's check out inside the numbers. This is where the story is going to come together, where that trend line was around 383.95. So what we had is a typical quad witching options expiration type of situation where the overnight crew has taken back the end of the day ramp from the day before, which is yesterday. That happened very similar to what we just saw today into the closing bell. Who does that, by the way? Who's responsible for turning on that spigot in the last five minutes of the day. Let's fast forward to some numbers. Here's where the door would open if they're below a certain thing for 383.95. So that came out right at zero dark 30. Let's see what else we has as the day gets underway, or at least the pre-market gets underway. You could see here at nine o'clock, I'm beginning to, and I'm telling you this in advance because I was beginning to pound the table at 383.95. What I'm calling it is important, magnetic, support, and our early pivot. Didn't really turn out to be the early pivot per se, but it doesn't really matter. Let's focus on the number. It can bounce off 383.95 as they have already in the pre-market session. The other side is, of course, they can drop some more, and I tell you where they can go. Now, early in the pre-market, I'm calling that an aggressive variety. If they get there after the opening bell, it's aggressive at 9 a.m. this morning. What happens later, we'll see it unfolds differently. What I'm saying here is in a lesser volatile tape, it's a bounce-back trade area if they opened enough above. It's the spot, but the markets will dictate for some that it's not worth the risk That's because we had enhanced volatility today, so each trader has to assess their own risk. Let's go up a little further and see some more stuff. Once again, right before the opening bell, under normal garden variety conditions, they would find support around 383.95, give or take, and bounce. If they squeeze up quickly, by the way, in the other direction, 387 is a spot. We think better in pictures, right of the vertical is today's activity, And I just want to point out that 387 was an important spot. You're going to see that come up again as well. We also talked about that one in the live room. We had some traders in the live room that took the liberty and a short around and above 387, got paid accordingly. Let's keep going. See what else we have. Now the market opens, 931. It's actually a little bit quieter than it looked like it was going to be. So above 386 and the door opens for 387 to 388.20 zone. 386 is overhead resistance still. So anyway, at 935, they got to 387. This is the 935 post, and they pulled back from it. So any trader that was short needs to book profit along the way. Above opens the door for more stuff, and 388.20 would have been the next short if they got there. All right, fair enough. Now let's fast forward a little bit. You can pause the video read the notes, and go back to the chart to double-check the work. Now, here's an opportunity that was also taken in the live room. Can they do the thing where they spike the low and rip it back in the other direction? That was the already low made in today's session. And yes, they could find support around 
385.36 down to 385 as the spot to do it. Again, we think better in pictures, and here you go. Here was the low over here early in the day. 385 is now this horizontal line. 385.36 is above, and you see this. Here the low is 385.17. The low here is 385.05, and they ripped it back up in the other direction. We had traders in the room that participated in that one, as well as inside the numbers. 9.59, and there's your rip it back move for a scalp for those that were inclined. And today was interesting because in the live room, I talked about the volatility expanded warrants more of the scalp. For example, instead of a normal scalp where you might be looking for, or I'm looking for seven points, five on the low side, seven or eight points, something like that. Now I'm looking for like 10 to 20 on a day like today. That's not your normal scalp trade, but that's what we were looking for today. You have to understand the type of tape you're in at the time. Of course, the risk is greater, but the reward is greater. As they continue to spike the low and rip it back process, the same 387 is still overhead resistance. And there's your 387 again. This is after the rip it back up in the other direction process. It's resistance until it's not. Let's see what else we have. In fact, again, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart and all that stuff. Let me fast forward a little bit. They never got to my number early in the morning. 383.95 was the number. Here's a 1058 post. 384.31, in my opinion, isn't close enough for the give or take scenario that we look for. So they bounced after coming up short and they gave you the trade without getting in the trade. They had a tremendous bounce. So I got pissed off. I'm going on break for a while, so I'll be back a little bit later. All right, let's fast forward. 12 o'clock lunchtime update. Can they still do the thing where they spike the low and now it's the low they made in front of the number to get my number around 383.95 and snap back? I'm saying they can still do the thing. If they do that and don't snap back but go lower, you have the next number. Now here's the story with this. Generally speaking, I shut down the live room about noon. Take a break at 11 come back at noon. This is a morning type business, right? So it's the morning rush. That's where the business is done. That's where our trades happen. That's why we're here or that's why we're in the room. So the first 90 minutes is where 90% of the stuff is going to happen anyway. At least for me, it's the high probability stuff. So I come back about noon and I generally give a, here's where we are. Here's what to look for. Here are the numbers going forward for the afternoon. So I kind of give the schematic. I also put it inside the numbers. And here's what happened today. Today I said, you know what? I'm going to leave the room open. I have to be somewhere, but I'm going to come back and we'll check it out after I get back. I'll be back about 1.30, 1.45 or so. But one day I leave the room open. What happened? They did the thing while I was gone. That's why I left the room open. I had a sneaking suspicion and that's why I put it inside the numbers, and I also obviously discussed it in the live room that if they spike the low, there is a rip it back up in the other direction trade, and we had a myriad of traders in the room take it, and here's the important thing. This is the best part of the story. I wasn't there. They did it on their own. Why is that? Because not only did we talk about it before, but we do this trade a lot in the room. Not all spike the low and rip it backs are made the same. You have to know where they're available and why. But because we discussed it at length in the live room, traders had a different mindset 
when they got to the number. They had a comfort level that they were going to a place for a reason, and that trade, the rip it back up in the other direction trade, was in fact available, and we had fantastic participation in that trade, and I'm very proud of those traders in the room for doing that in my absence. Guess what that means? They're learning. You're learning. That's what it's all about. So how do you like them apples? Here's the rest, so you can just see all the notes as we do every day. And then here's what happened inside the numbers. Stocks on the move today. The only two out of the six that hit their numbers today were ABB and US Steel letter X. ABB did it later in the day or midday, and they bounced off the number. So anybody that took it, they gave you the minimum required base hit and then some. U.S. Steel did not come into the first number as we like them to. It's a manner in which situation the second number they came into and the third number worked and they started to bounce and they really didn't have enough time left on the clock. So if you bought the second and third, they gave you a little bit of something, just ran out of time on the clock. That's it. It was the third number that worked coinciding with the daily chart 200 period moving average, which we did discuss in the live room when this thing was on the move. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Anything that we can derive from today's price action? Well, not really. They were down a little less than 2%. They were down a lot more. They finished positive on the day, but they're still hanging around these lows. Just because they had a positive day doesn't mean anything. They had a big positive the day before, and they had a gap down today. So this doesn't really mean anything until they recapture at least 175 on daily closes more than once. Weekly chart, more important. Take a look at this and you say, well, below all the weekly moving averages with a huge breakdown candle, this is a license to go lower. They may bounce back into these moving averages first, but this is a license to go lower. Write this down. 16930 unfinished business. Put that on a sticky note. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Don't get fooled just because they finished green on the day on the chart in terms of the candle. They were down 133 points. They're below all the moving averages. They've given up the daily chart, moving averages, all of them. Below all those moving averages, we look to the weekly chart and we say giving up the 50-week moving average takes in these pivot lows right into the forefront, 13.3 in that neighborhood. And below that, you have the 200 period moving average. This is the broad stroke look. How about a diverging or a market that had relative strength against the S&P 500? That would be the Q people. So they were buying some technology. The daily chart looks different, different than the spiders below all the moving averages. Different than IWM, below all the moving averages, above all the moving averages on the Qs. Relative strength. Remember Smash Mouth we keep talking about every day? You have relative strength in the Qs. Is money sneaking in to technology? How about this weekly chart? Isn't this a bullish pattern? Isn't this a pullback pattern into moving averages? A convergence of moving averages? And this sets up to release energy in the northern direction unless it fails. But if it fails, it gets below these moving averages. That's not where they are now. This is a bullish tape, the Qs, until it's not. XLF, is this a tail for a bottom? 
It can be, but you don't have the volume that's spiked up enough to say, yeah, it is. The weekly chart below all the moving averages, it's weak. There's obviously problems in the banking sector, the financial sector. Credit Suisse is going down. They're being bailed out. But who knows what kind of contagion comes tomorrow. What about the other banks over there in Europe? What about Deutsche Bank? They don't look too healthy. There are others. There are other banks. There's never just one rat. Not even two or three. There's more. Here's your monthly chart for the XLF. Just say for argument's sake, now you've already tested this 50-period month moving average. So if they give it up after coming all the way back down in one fell swoop, and you take out this previous low here at 29.59, that opens the door for a whole nother leg lower. Food for thought. Smash mouth? Down 1%, but you can see here that they're fighting the last moving average in the upward direction, the 20-period moving average on the daily chart. Above all the moving averages, the trend is fine. We've been looking at this weekly chart for week after week after week. They've been riding the 100. They're making a bullish pattern. Technically, there's nothing wrong here. This is bullish until they give it up or unless they give it up. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.